Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, We have a great lineup of guests today, and we're going to jump right into it with our first guest. He is Daniel Sachs from Meerkat Restaurant Advisory in Chicago. And uh, as uh, what Dan does, he's a hospitality consultant, but he's also a professor and entrepreneur in residence at DePaul University. And he's written a new book called The Million Dollar Greeting, and we're going to find out uh, all about what that's all about. But first, uh, let's get him on the line and, and get to know him a little bit. Uh, Daniel, thank you for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking to you. Well, same here. Uh, I've, I've been looking over your, your overview sheet here, and it uh, looks like an interesting book that you've written. But, you know, I, I'm really uh, curious, and I'm sure our listeners are too, uh, about uh, who you are and what, what you do as a Entrepreneur in Residence at DePaul University. I love that title. Tell us a little bit about you and your background. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I I started out um, very young. My when my mom went back to work, I started out working uh, cooking, and so a lot of my uh-huh. career was in the restaurant business. I started uh, in the back of the house in the kitchen, and ultimately made my way to the front of the house and owned restaurants in Chicago for many many years, until I got old and tired and uh, decided that the uh, <laughs> better path was to become a teacher rather than a, an operator. So I made my uh-huh. exit and got out, um, and that worked out really well for me. And I have since um, sort of unexpectedly, but really with uh, a lot of enjoyment, um, started teaching entrepreneurship um, at DePaul. And um, as luck would have it, and as the way things turn out, I'm now yeah the entre- entrepreneur in residence there at the Coleman Entrepreneurship Center, which is a an incubator for students and graduates of DePaul um, and their business ideas. So it's it's part um, mentorship and part connecting um, budding entrepreneurs with potential um, funding, other mentors, um, local businesses in Chicago. It's a pretty vibrant community here, so a lot of exciting stuff going on. That sounds really exciting. Um, I, I love to hear that uh, entrepreneurship is – alive and well in, in universities and that, that young people have uh, experienced people they can learn from. And if you survive the restaurant industry, then you are truly uh, a survivor. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, well, I've say got that's the one of the toughest to businesses. <laughs> <laughs> and that's great. So, so uh, and now uh, out of, it sounds like out of your experience, you've, uh, you've written a, a new book called the million dollar greeting. Um, why write a book, and, and who are the leaders profile? Tell us a little bit about this book. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I appreciate you bringing it up. Um, you know, I, I think both through my own work, and I work as a consultant in hospitality as well, and, and teaching at DePaul, one of the things that came up um, consistently because the students I teach are in the business school and they're not necessarily hospitality students, is this understanding of how the term hospitality and how our, how we relate to our customers and our employees and strategize around that, it sometimes gets lost in the, in the muckety-muck of day-to-day business. Um, and so I really felt like one way to talk about that was to both try to articulate a vision for that and also profile um, CEOs at, at various size companies, everything from Hyatt Hotels, which has got over 100,000 employees, to this, this uh, Nick's Pizza and Pub here uh, in the suburbs of Chicago that's got three pizza joints. Um, and, and look at how they successfully are able to integrate what I would say are traditional hospitality practices into their business model um, in a way that really is, is a tool that can be used by anybody in any business. And in fact, we even profile, I profile um, other companies that have nothing to do with hospitality uh, as a way of, of showing how they may, they may use different terms, but they use the same tools. Uh, um, there's a company up in Canada, of all places, called FreshBooks, which uh, many of your listeners may be familiar with. They're the largest um, accounting software company for entrepreneurs and uh, independent businesses and freelancers. And uh, they integrate similar similar um, ta- uh, programs in, in their own business. And, and the guy who founded that, uh, guy Mike McDermott, um, really mm-hmm. thoughtful leader uh, in that respect. What a fascinating uh, experience that must have been. How long did it take you to compile all this information and, and do all the interviews and get it all together? Yeah, it was. It's funny you say it's a, it was a fascinating experience. To, um, it took a, you know a good six six to eight months to get a hold of everybody, convince them that this was legitimate, <laughs> that sharing the right. secrets was worthwhile. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the book really wrote itself, and in, in from a from a practical standpoint, but. It, what was really exciting from my perspective was being able to talk to these folks and hear their stories and sort of what their inspiration was. And the, the themes ultimately um, in these very, nine very disparate businesses were common. And that w- was what fueled the fire of writing the book is that these ideas around authenticity and, and community and culture and their company and, and, and establishing a, a vision um, and the way that they were consistent about implementing that, that those themes um, recurred with each story, manifested in different ways because the businesses were different, but, but at the end of the day, the, the themes were very, very similar. Uh, well, I've got a question for you, Dan, that, that uh, maybe put you on the spot a little bit, but pretend I'm the, uh, the CEO of, of Hyatt Hotels uh, and you've just called me what did you say to get them to to agree? What what was your your vision statement that got them to go? I see where you're heading with this, and I'm I'm on board. I think our listener was like to well, know that. Yeah, I think I think the key in those situations is doing your homework in advance. So I knew mm-hmm. that um, at Hyatt, for example, CEO Mark Hoppelmazian, um had a we had a common appreciation and understanding for what the role and the term, the actual term hospitality meant and how it related 
to building great culture. And in his case, he really believes that um, sort of his, his philosophy around um, empathy, actually, and empathy for your customer and your employee um, was a differentiator in the hotel business. And so I was able to talk to him in a context and, and in, in a, with detail that, that resonated. And I think that, that makes a big difference. There's, there's, I I definitely didn't, I didn't hit bat a thousand percent. I got, I was a, I was maybe a, you know, a a middling 250 to 300 hitter when it came to, um, you know, this is the home of the Cubs here in Chicago. So they'll make you a lot of money in the big leagues. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I definitely found that to the extent that I could do the research and and it, it did foster really positive connections. And it helps knowing well, people it, in the business too, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't hurt to say that door. you're the professor and, and entrepreneur in residence at a, at a major university too. That's that's awesome. So when you're doing all this, I'm sure uh, things rose to the top as common traits. What are the five key qualities that great leaders share that you're un- that you've uncovered in your book? Yeah, I think um, you know there there are lots of different ways to start. Um, and certainly understanding a corporate culture is critical and, and being able to articulate your culture is important. People talk about that a lot. I think one of the, one of the hardest parts um, to, to really think about in your daily business is understanding what accountability really means um, because mm-hmm. there's, it's one thing to pay lip service to um, your vision or your um, your, your, your business plan, but to be present in the moment and be able to be accountable to yourself, to your employees, and to your customers uh, a week, two weeks, a month, three months, six months after you put a strategy in place, um, that, that's really a tough nut to crack, I think, for a lot of people because as entrepreneurs, and I know this from my own experience, you know, you're putting out the fire that's right in front of you, and sometimes that that's a good excuse not to be accountable in the way that you might theoretically want to be accountable. And one of the things I noticed with these leaders that I spoke to is that they put being accountable to themselves and their employees and their customers at the top of the food chain, so to speak, uh, when it came to, to building their business. And, and in, in conjunction with accountability came being authentic, right? Being um, mm-hmm. true to yourself. Um, and, and that was equally important, um, along with building the kind of community, um, both within your company and as your company is within the universe of its business, um, that, that, that fits again, being consistent, being accountable, Mm -hmm. being authentic, Mm -hmm. and then ultimately really establishing a vision for your business that you can live with. Um, a lot of times I see companies and, and clients that I have, and, and I, I see this across the board, where there's a vision that's developed, it's framed nicely, stuck on a wall, um, and then forgotten about. And I think one of the things that came up in this book was that the leaders that I talked to really um, were drinking their own Kool-Aid when it came to following through on their vision on a daily basis. And so all these ideas really ultimately interwo- were interwoven, um, whether they were vision or, or culture or community, or accountability, authenticity, those, those, five, those five values really um, work in conjunction with each other 
not um, not as individual ideals. So I heard accountability and uh, being authentic and having a vision. Um, did did I miss the other two? I might, <laughs> I, I I might have. There's, there's, the other two are community uh, and culture. So a, ah, a great, a great okay. organization to think about in that context is Brooklyn Brewery, which is another uh, company that's profiled, and, and Steve Hindi, who's the, the founder and CEO there. So Brooklyn Brewery started you know, almost 30 years ago now um, out of Brooklyn, New York. And in the beginning, it was one of the first, if not the first, microbreweries, craft breweries in the country. And what Steve identified was that staying true to the culture, the culture of Brooklyn and the culture of the um, craft beer movement um, was critical to the, to the brand's long-term success. So even though now Brooklyn Brewery is the largest independent brewery around the world, actually they export all over the world, they are still true to that value. And Steve is still engaged with his employees. He tells the story of um, – of his brewmasters coming up with a new beer and him having them all the brewmasters for the, for the brewery over to his house for a picnic um, to try the new beer and this, that, and the other. And then he says, you know, and the crazy thing is, is that then the word got out that I had a picnic for the brewmaster. So the next thing you know, I got the accounting department over at my house for a picnic and I got, you know, and, and, (laughs) and he's really, living that culture, that sense of community, even though he doesn't need to do that anymore. You know, he could just right. sit back and sip on some good beer and, and, and rest on his laurels, but he's still engaged in building that kind of culture in a way that um, I think his employees feel um, like he's engaged in, in true hospitality. And as a result, then that feeling ultimately manifests itself in the way that they work with their customers, right? We're all part of the service economy these days. And so understanding mm-hmm. the, the interdependence um, really has benefited a company like Brooklyn Brewery, for example, over the long haul. I love that because I think we're all sick and tired of the companies that are they, they're they're connected until they aren't, you know, until they, they grow to a certain size. <laughs> and then and I've been through that myself where I worked for a company that was very familial, big company, but all of a sudden they went public and there was another master to serve and the whole culture and feel of the company changed and they lost that connection um, with, uh, with a lot of people. Um, even though they said they, still, they, they were still willing to have it, it just didn't feel the same. So that's refreshing to hear that companies would focus on. So I heard accounting, uh, accountability, excuse me, uh, uh, the, the authentic, authenticity uh, having that vision that you can you can really um, rely on and count on, and that's really that really fits you. Community and culture; those are five really big attributes. So I think you're really onto something. Um, and the, let's talk about the title, the million dollar greeting. Um, that's intriguing. What, what is the million dollar <laughs> greeting? <laughs> well, I, I think the snappy title. Um, I think that yeah. the um, the the idea is really to drive home the point that um, these kinds of what what might be termed as soft values um, mm-hmm. they're not really immediately translatable to the bottom line do in fact have um, bottom line um, financial benefits 
because mm-hmm. whether it's through um, you know uh, employee retainment, um, whether it's through um, citizenship behaviors by your employees um, or recruitment, um, and certainly those kinds of things are really valuable with with the millennial generation and the workforce mm-hmm. these days and 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 the transients that we see. Uh, across the board. So, uh, you know, it, it's not an obvious uh, we're saving a nickel on this widget kind of uh, benefit, but certainly uh, incorporating these values does have long-term financial success. And these companies are examples of organizations that have been able to demonstrate that over time. And, and I think that's a key is is it's not just a drop in the bucket um, today, but it's something that it worth, is worth investing in and will um, reap benefits over the long haul. Makes makes a lot of sense what you're saying, and I, I I hear a lot of content about millennials in the workforce these days, and exactly what you what you're saying the culture, the community, having that vision that that um, you can is fits that everybody gets it, uh, and remaining accountability to that uh, accountable to that rather it it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. It sounds like an awesome book. Who do you want to read this book and why? <laughs> Everybody who's got twenty four ninety five and access to Amazon. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I think I think in the end, you know, the book does have value for a lot of people in business. Um, whether you're uh, a senior leader at a company or just starting out, because it, it it tries to through these real world examples paint a picture of how good companies behave and what leaders do. In these in these good companies um, to be successful. So whether you are looking um, to find a, a company that um, has the kind of values that you share, um, or if you are an existing leader who is looking for a way to differentiate your business by by adding some of these values into your um, into your daily practices, I, I think there's a there's a lot of real meat there. Um, for those mm-hmm. kinds of folks, um, you know, I make my students buy it too. But <laughs> I was going to say, you got a built-in audience, not, don't you? <laughs> not probably the core audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. It, how, well, next next question: If you're if you're getting uh, young folks to buy it, how many pages is it? <laughs> oh, it's not too bad. It's very. It's, it's just just over 200, so it's doable. It's, it's, it's doable. Very doable. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not another my not son, another heavy my text. My son who's fourteen read it. You know, uh-huh. I mean, he I don't know willingly, but he read it. So <laughs> that that's a it's that's manageable. a good size. It's 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 not daunting, but it's it sounds like it it's an enjoyable read, and I I would imagine it's available. Uh, I know it's on Amazon. I would imagine it's available. Is it through uh, um, Kindle as well, and in all on all their media yeah, styles? Yeah, absolutely. Wherever okay. wherever fine books are sold my publisher tells okay <laughs> i am going uh out of town and i'm going to pick it up but, but electronically and, and read read it and uh i look forward to it it sounds like a, you have a fantastic and fascinating background and uh i i really applaud what you're doing with the young people at DePaul university and uh and it, it, with all of that taking the initiative to bat 250 and go after all of these uh these entrepreneurs <laughs> out there and uh uh, that that it's got to be one step out of your comfort zone to get out there and do that. But I'm sure once you started uh, getting some wins there, it was very uh, um, energizing for you. And and the name of the book again is the Million Dollar Greeting, 
and it's on Amazon, and it's by Daniel Sachs. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been, really been a fascinating interview, and I look forward to uh, following up with you at some point and see how things are going and, and hear about the next book. I'm sure there'll be another one after this one. That's right? great. Yep. Thanks a ton. It was a, it was, it was a fun talk. I'm, I'm glad we connected. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. And, and again, as I say, let's keep in touch and uh, uh, continued success to you, my friend. Absolutely. You too. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 